Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Hey, baby, happy Valentine's Day. And happy Valentine's Day to you. I loved the roses that you got me. They were so sweet. Er. And that they were and that they were sitting on the dashboard of my brand new SUV. <laughs> er. They were fantastic. Is that what you were dreaming about? (laughs) Something like that. You know, today is the one day around the world that everybody celebrates love. It's actually worshipped by one and all. In fact, Hallmark made up this holiday because they needed to make more money. Hmm. It's a holiday made up by a paper manufacturer. I mean, think about that. It's just ridiculous. But let's not miss the point, though. Love is all we need. The unconditional love of our Heavenly Father. This is the love we all need to be talking about. It's what changed my life and yours, too, right? That's right. All right. So that's why Love 2020 is such an incredible partner with us. And I want to make sure that people listen to the Love 2020 commercials as they play today, because we need to bring an authentic touch of Christ's love into our workplace everywhere we go. It's so important, and especially on Valentine's Day. And I love the fact that it's the word authentic. Authentic. That's right. You know, we got an action-packed show today. First half of the show, we've got Esta Tro. She's from Moms in Prayer International, and she's joining us today. Esta, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much, Jim. I am so excited to be here with you today. Well, Martha and I are very excited to have you on the air, and, and it's, uh, uh, it's just a privilege. And, and again, you come referred to us by very powerful people. So when, <laughs> when, when very powerful people say, hey, you should have this young lady on your show, we're like, okay, we listen, because it's like when E.F. Hutton talks, we listen. Okay. So, Esther, why, why don't we just stop for a second and just say, okay, let's look at 2017 for you. When you... Look at the year, and I know we're almost one-sixth through the year, which is ridiculous. How would you like the Lord to move in your life this year? Oh, my gosh, that is a huge question. Um, How would I like the Lord to move in my life? I'll tell you, I just got back from um, Ecuador with Operation Christmas Child. They're one of our partners, and what an incredible opportunity to share the love of Christ with those incredible children there. Um, so love is the perfect topic today. I just started a devotion with staff here at Moms of Prayer on that topic, and it was incredible to see those beautiful children receive the Christmas boxes, uh, the shoe boxes, and, um, you know, when they are so blessed to receive a, uh, a, a bar of soap or a toothbrush or something so little, and then have the opportunity to receive Jesus on top of that and just grasp onto that truth and that reality. 
and we got a chance to pray with pastors there and see the ripple effect of that gift in the community. Um, it was such a blessing to be able to do that with our partners and to be able to come back after just a couple of days of that gift and um, just to really take that journey into our lives here and say, you know, you don't have to go to a third world nation to be able to to share that love of Christ in our day-to-day. You know, time is short, Jim and Martha. I feel like we don't know how long we have in this world, but we really have to grasp onto that notion that we have to be so intentional about sharing our faith every single day in a powerful way. And I feel like that's something that I was really challenged by the Lord at the time there. Um, Mm, That's fantastic. And you can find out more about Moms in Prayer online at momsinprayer.org. So, Esther, as we are introducing you to our listeners, we would just love for you to tell us how you got involved in Moms in Prayer. Absolutely. So I have uh, three beautiful children, and, um, you know, there's a time, I think, in every mom's life where you really struggle. You say, gosh, am I being the parent that I'm supposed to be? I I don't know how to do this, really, this whole parenting thing. And Mm -hmm. so I just cried out to God and said, God, I, I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm not doing this justice, this whole parenting thing. And so... I was kind of a, a little bit of a new believer, and I, a friend of mine really saw me struggling, and she said, you know, there's this thing called Moms in Prayer, and and I really think you should come join me in this. And I was homeschooling at the time, and it was kind of a homeschool co-op where we went to uh, a class, uh, you know, for a, a little bit at the time. And they were actually meeting in the back of her car, and uh, so she said, you know, just come with me, come and, and try it out. We, we pray in the back of a car, and I, I said to her, there's no way I'm going to go and pray out loud with other moms. I don't know how to do that. I was terrified to pray out loud, and she goes, just come and listen. So I sat in the back of a car and listened to these moms pray for my child, and I would just cry for weeks and weeks I would listen because they knew how to pray scripturally for my child in a way through the Holy Spirit that was so powerful. It was, it impacted me in a way where I knew I needed to pray in a way and learn how to pray way past what I could do on my own. Together with another mom to pray like that just changed my life, transformed not only my children, but transformed me and my um, faith as well. And so it was just something that that brought me to a whole new level in my faith. And so that is really was the beginning of my Moms in Prayer walk, and, and really, like I said, just truly brought me deeper in my faith walk as well. So but that this was is a lot. Bi- this ago. is a lot bigger, though, than the back of somebody's car, though. This is a huge movement of moms around the world, isn't it? Exactly. So this started um, way back about 33 years ago in a a mom's kitchen for a nickel started this ministry in her kitchen. She just had a burden to pray for her children. She gathered together with one other mom. And now this ministry is in 143 countries, translated some of the resources in 59 languages. God has really spread this around the world. Incredible. Mm. And it's changing the lives of moms every single day. And if I I could just urge you to try this one time with another mom, just go on our website, momsandprayer.com or click on to find if there's a group in your neighborhood. If mm-hmm. not, you can start a group easily by just looking at the resources. And it is truly life-changing, not only for children, but for moms as well. So tell us what the mission of Moms in Prayer really is. Well, the mission is for Moms in Prayer National Impacts Children and Schools worldwide, worldwide for Christ by gathering mothers to pray. And really our vision is to have every school in the world covered in prayer. Right now, we have about 10% of schools in the U.S. covered, 
And there's so many more schools that need to be covered. So we really have a heart to try to, to get every school in the world covered in prayer. Mm. What's that going to take? That seems like a, how many schools are there? Let's just talk about our country. How many schools are there in our country? I believe it's about 130,000 schools in our country alone to pray for. So that's wow. a lot. So like, the good news know, is you're saying, that, you're saying that 10,300 of those schools have moms in prayer. Correct. Because Well, that's pretty incredible. Okay, let's, I want to do the glass half full thing. Okay. But we still need <laughs> 90,000 more groups of moms to get together and pray. I mean, this was when, when I heard about you a couple of weeks ago. It's the first I'd heard about it. Obviously, I've heard about moms praying, but I'd never heard about momsinprayer.org. I, I mean, and you're saying this is a, a, a long time movement. If there's 10,000 schools being prayed for in the U.S., how many schools being prayed for around the world? I know it's pretty amazing, and that's we don't know the exact numbers because our database we're still it's kind of a you know a work in progress. But we have women on the ground keeping those numbers in the various countries, and so it's it's pretty amazing to see you know when we travel to various countries to see these women just learn about this, and then they they um, they just spread it by mouth, and they keep getting more and more and more women praying, even in villages in in Africa and in South America, and we have all over the place. Just amazing, amazing to see these women who just have a heart for their children um, to to uh, learn about the Lord and to pray for their children in schools. It's incredible to see this happening. So when, when moms in prayer get together at a school, how often do they do this? So we pray for one hour once a week. We don't get together to talk or to uh, socialize. We just get together. We start on time. We end on time again for one hour a week. And we have a, a format. We have a prayer sheet that you can download from our website. And we uh, start with four steps of prayer. And it's um, that's really what is, is so powerful about this. And we start with praise. We praise God for who he is. And then we move into con- silent confession. We have some time to uh, cleanse our, our hearts before the Lord. And then we move into thanksgiving. We thank him for all of the incredible things he's doing, you know, for our children and schools. And then we move it. We break up into smaller groups, you know, of twos and threes. And then we intercede. So, Esther, you were explaining to us that you get together one hour a week. And it, this is very um, structured. You People know you're going to start right away, get done right at the end of the hour and that you go through those four steps. And right before the break, you were saying that you then at the the fourth step, you break up into a small group and intercede on behalf of the kids. So are you doing this right in parking lots and in the backs of people's cars or where is this taking place? Well, traditionally, we, uh, we most often do this in people's homes or in churches. Okay. Um, not we pray for the schools, but not in the schools unless it's in a Christian school. Sure. Uh, but sometimes we get creative and we we pray while we walk, or we pray in a park, or we pray, you know, like I said, in the back of a car. However, we wherever we need to go. But mm-hmm. traditionally, it's in someone's home or in churches. So when you kept saying in the back of the car, I'm just picturing you know ten women in the back seat of a car. <laughs> no. You're talking about like the tailgate down, people sitting on the back of the tailgate, kind of praying. Is that- no. In this instance, it was a small group, so we just had, you know, two people in the front, two people in the, in the back. It was, a, it was four, four of us praying together. But, so that but a, was the typical minivan. You could, you know, I mean, there's definite ways that you could, you could expand that. So, so how, come that's, you guys oh, yeah. how come you guys don't pray on the school in the school parking lots? You know, I, I guess you could if you if you wanted to in the school school parking lot. We just, you know, I haven't really. Um, 
people don't normally, they don't want to push the boundaries with that, you know, yeah. but, um, but so we try to pray for the school, not in the school. All right. So again, we're talking with Esther Tro from Moms in Prayer International. You can find out more about them online at momsinprayer.org. Talk about the impact that this is making. You said in the United States, there's 103,000 schools or something like that. 130. Really? Is that what you said? 130? Around 130, yeah. Okay, so it wasn't 10,300. I was going to correct your math, well, you but I love math. you. It didn't matter. Okay, so there's <laughs> so there's 130,000 schools, but only only 13,000 of them are being prayed for right now. So there's lots of room for growth there. What In the 13,000 schools that are being prayed for, what kind of impacts are you seeing on the kids in those schools? Well, it's incredible because, you know, oftentimes, like, you know, my own my own kids, they know I'm praying for them. They'll ask for um, prayer requests. They'll see mm. the answers to prayer. They know that they can go forth boldly and um, and ask for those prayer requests and that they are being covered in prayers. And also, you know, even um, principals and teachers will ask us, the believing ones will ask us for, hey, pray for this situation going on in school. They'll email us prayer requests. When they know there's a Moms of Prayer group on campus, we'll get those prayer requests from from the teachers who are believers. And it's interesting, sometimes even when, when there's a Moms of Prayer group on campus, it's incredible when um, we get prayer requests from people who aren't necessarily strong believers, they start noticing things that are changing on campus and prayers being answered, they'll start saying, hey, you know, there's this group, um, let's just let them know that, we're, that, that we need yeah. this, and they'll start sending prayer requests, even if they're not really, really the strong, committed Christians. So it's an incredible thing that happens. Also, there's other groups we connect with, like, you know, C with the Poll, FCA, CEF, there's other groups on campus, and we all work together, we're all on the same team. So it's a, it's a lot of coordination that happens there regarding prayer requests. So, like, okay, so we talked about the fact that there's still another 117,000 schools in the United States to get prayed for, and then, of course, millions of schools around the world. How do people get involved in becoming a prayer warrior for their school? How can they get involved in Moms in Prayer? Well, it really is very, very easy. You go to our website, momsinprayer.org, and there's a drop-down under Get Involved right off the top, and you just click down. There's Join a Group and there's Start a Group, and really it's um, very simple. You just put your information in, and we will send you an email and say, here's, you know, here is the, the, there are the options in your area where you can get plugged in, and um, and you can even start a group on your own as well. If you want to start your own group, it's very, very simple. So really our website is the best way. You could also just, you know, word of mouth. If there's a, a um, if you want to start a group, you can just ask anybody. It just takes two or more moms to get started. So really it's very simple. You just go on our website and you can download a prayer sheet. All you need is a prayer sheet. And you can get started. It's very, very simple. But the website's really the easiest way to get going. Everything you need is right there, all the information. We're also on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Everything you need is right there. Of course you are, because you're moms. (laughs) (laughs) Moms are good at that. (laughs) That's great. So my question then is, okay, so the, the moms that are praying, I mean... There are there are a lot of moms that are still that still get the opportunity to be stay at home moms and that's their workplace. But there's a lot of moms that are there's they've their moms during the at night, but during the day they're working other jobs. Do you get uh, career minded moms involved in moms of prayer as well? Is, is, do you meet early enough where they get to pray with you before they go off to their workplace? Absolutely, we have moms meeting at nighttime. We have moms meeting in the morning. As a matter of fact, one of our we have a. Um, 
group type for working moms. And one of our um, stories that we have online as well that you can check out is we have a, an anchor mom, a mom who actually here in our headquarters in San Diego, she's one of the anchors on television here at Channel 7. And she is a Moms and Prayer mom, and she gets together with her group off hours. And she's a great example for all of our other working moms. We have tons of working moms that still want to be praying for their kids in schools, and they, they make it work. They make it happen. So we're very encouraged by that. You've got an event coming up here in Orlando in March on the 4th, Unshaken mm-hmm. Southeast Conference in Castleberry, Florida. Talk, talk to me about that. What is that all about? Yeah, we're very excited. This whole series is a bunch of uh, events for the next two years, and the next one is, like you said, in Orlando area. Called Unshaken, based on Psalm 16a, uh, with the Lord at my right hand, I will not be shaken. And uh, it's going to be, like you said, at uh, in Castleberry at Metro Life Church. And uh, it's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's very exciting. It's going to be our president, Sally Burke, is going to be speaking as well as Jennifer Kennedy Dean, who is just a dynamic, incredible speaker regarding prayer. And we're going to have worship with Sandra Lewis. If you remember her, she was on uh, the sixth season of The Voice. She is an incredible worship leader. She grew up in the church with her father's uh, uh, singing with in her father's church, and just and tremendous. But that's a one-day event, and we are so excited about that event. But basically, just you're going to hear stories about women and how they remain unshaken in their faith through prayer. And I just cannot say enough about this. It's $49, including uh, lunch and just tremendous amount of encouragement. doesn't matter what you're going through. doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Just You're, you're going to be encouraged by this, and we're going to talk about how you can, uh, you know, through prayer, continue on uh, and really go deeper in your prayer walk as well. So I really would recommend anybody in that area. We have people coming from all the way, all the surrounding states surrounding Florida coming to this event. So I That's because really everybody wants to come to Florida in March because it's so <laughs> nice here. That is a good appeal. So they don't have to currently be involved in a Moms in Prayer group in order to attend. Correct. Exactly. As a matter of fact, we, we really want to reach women who are not involved with Moms of Prayer so that they can find out about this life-changing ministry, mm-hmm. because it's almost like the kind of thing you go, ladies, if I only knew about Moms of Prayer before I found out, I w- you know, my life would have been so much easier because I can give up my worries. I worried so much before I found out about Moms of Prayer. Now I can, I can exchange my worries and just give it to the Lord. It was really a kind of a shift in my thinking. So I, I almost want to shout it from the, from the rooftops and say, please come try this and check it out. You, you'll be so grateful that you found Moms in Prayer. Mm-hmm. All right, so this event in Orlando, which is actually Castleberry, Florida, so it's just on the outskirts of Orlando, it's on March the 4th. Is all the information on your website, momsandprayer.org? It is, yes. right, exactly. Just go to our homepage. You'll see on the homepage is the first thing that pops up is the Unshaken series. Just click on it, and you'll find all of the um, all of the upcoming Unshaken conferences. There's one in Florida, then the next one in April is in Fairfield, Connecticut, right out of, outside of New York City. That one is going to be uh, Black Rock Church with the Sally Burke again, Dana Gresh. She's from Secret Keeper mm. Girl, mm-hmm. and uh, Nick Hall, who's a um, Pulse Movement. He's an amazing speaker. He was at... Um, Together, 2016 in Washington, D.C. last year. He's amazing. And then we also have uh, After the Summer Again in September, um, one Unshaken Conference in Oklahoma, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And that one will have Matt Brown, 
um, with Think Eternity and Sally Burke as well. Then we have, I know you guys are both going well, to Well, to that's, yeah, but we're going to go too far. We're going to lose people. So let, let's let's just go back because I really have some specific questions I want to ask you. And again, we're talking today with Esther Tro from Moms in Prayer International. You are a mom and you want to get involved in praying for a local school near you, whether your kids are grown and gone or not. You could sign up to get involved at momsinprayer.org, momsinprayer.org. Esther, I wanted to ask this question because we all know that in middle school, the toughest years, typically the toughest years. Yeah. How do you, how do you find yourself praying for middle school kids as you lift them up specifically in prayer? What are some of the specific things you're praying about? Oh my gosh, you know, middle school was really, really hard for me because I moved here from another country, and um, I was from South Africa originally, and so it was really hard for me because I had to learn a new language, and I I really felt like I didn't belong in either culture, Uh, you know, and so for, for me, I think for my heart's desire for anybody, whether they're from here or not here, or is to know their worth in the Lord, their worth, and they are beautifully and wonderfully made, perfectly wonderfully made. So I think that is really my heart's desire, especially with the pull of social media these days. I feel like I see it everywhere. There's There's this image that the kids feel like they have to live up to, this false image of what they see on social media, like everything is perfect, everybody else's life is wonderful because of this lie that they see on social media. And so my prayer for these beautiful children is that, they see themselves through the eyes of the Lord, that they see themselves as created as this beautiful person that God, that God intended, and that they can grow into that and, and just um, not believe the lies of the enemy. Uh, and it's such a big prayer, but it's also something that can happen each week in small ways. That's so powerful. These kids, these kids desperately need our prayer. And I I love the fact that you're organizing moms across the globe to pray for kids in schools. Tell them one more time the website they can go to, Esther. Yes, it's momsinprayer.org. Esther Trill with Moms in Prayer International. Thanks so much for coming on I Work For Him today. Thanks so much for highlighting this upcoming conference right here in Orlando. So grateful to hear about your ministry and how moms can get involved from all over the world. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much to you both. All right. Bye-bye. So want to check out more on Moms in Prayer, check them out online at momsinprayer.org. Momsinprayer.org. Don't you wish you there was something like that for the kids' schools that we were involved in? Well, there are all over the area. People just need to look for them. Right, but we didn't have this when our kids were little. That would have been pretty cool, and you would have met more moms. There you go. All right, we've got John Paradin on the line, and he was supposed to be joined by fellow author Michelle Cox, but she's down and out with, I don't know, type 1 flu or type A, or she just didn't want to be on I Work For Him. <laughs> John, welcome to I Work For Him today. Well, thanks. Thanks very much. It's great to be here with you. Well, we're super excited to highlight your books today. And, and as I got to read, I read the toolbox ones and Martha read the jewelry box ones. Not that that's, you got to do it that way, but these are really great little devotionals. I absolutely, I'm a, I'm a tool guy. So yeah. I, re, I really loved it. I, I really did. I really did. So, but before we really dig, Martha's looking at me like, are you going to ask him a question? Okay. <laughs> All right, when you were when you were writing these books, and, and it's too bad we're not going to get the female perspective, so I'm not going to ask you Michelle's questions, but you can. Oh, it, I think he's prepared. Or you're prepared. <laughs> How did you and Michelle come together? Because you're not husband and wife, right? 
Nope. We, you know what? We have been friends now for better than a decade. We got to meet each other at a writer's conference in uh, North Carolina, and we just kind of hit it off. She was... Um, she was presenting herself as a novice, but she's actually was a very experienced writer, and I was uh, somebody who people could just sit down and, and show a manuscript to, and then I would say, you know, this works, this doesn't work, and I was just super impressed with her writing, and we just kind of got to talking, and eventually that led to coming uh, up with some projects, writing projects to do together. That's pretty cool. I wish more people would ask me that question, hey, it works or it doesn't work, because I've read a lot of books where, like, somebody just took their money. <laughs> yeah, they really should have right. read that book. So this isn't the first project you've worked on together. No, we have done different, um, just different smaller projects, and then we mm-hmm. did write a book together called Simple Little Words several years okay. ago. That's probably mm-hmm. been a maybe eight or nine years already. Um, the time goes so fast, but yes, it does. these these are brand new ones, and these have kind mm-hmm. of been like a, a, I would say even a pet project that we had been thinking about and working on even before the last book was published. I mean, we literally have been working on um, the idea for about a decade, and, and we have some emails that we we laugh about we show each other you know like oh yeah remember when we brought this up and it was just something we we thought it it really touched our hearts we just thought wow this is such a neat idea to try to help people see glimpses of god in the everyday in the simple things that's so cool today we're talking with john paradin about his book the the book that he wrote along with michelle cox who couldn't join us today because she's not feeling well god glimpses from the toolbox God glimpses from the jewelry box. You can imagine one as a pink cover, one as a brown cover, and one's more along the women's side, one's more along the men's side. When you were writing, you know, and it, and it shows that you let out on the toolbox one, and Michelle let out on the jewelry box, at least that's the way it, it looks on the cover. John, <laughs> when you were doing the toolbox one, God glimpses from the toolbox, this great little devotional book, what was something that God revealed to you that you're like, whoa? That was cool. You know, one of the things, he he just showed me that if I would just take a little extra time to actually look at something in detail, I can see his patterns. I can see his strengths, his innovation and creativity and and things that I wouldn't necessarily, you know, consider that way. And it's kind of like... You know, I'm among other things. I'm a nurse, and I took um, uh, A and P, anatomy and physiology, and I was stunned just to get into the detail how how humans are made, the amazing things that even people now don't understand. How does the body work like that? It's miraculous, truly. And and, and at, at the level of you know looking at things in a jewelry box or things in a toolbox, that was the kind of fun revelations that we got when we, we did the project. And I, and I don't know, you know, the funny thing is I wrote half the jewelry box devotionals and Michelle wrote half the toolbox devotionals. So it's not like we really split it up pink cover, brown cover. We <laughs> we actually wrote half of each one. And, and that was a blast doing it that way. So talk to me about, I don't know, what did you learn about each other as you did this project? Well, you know, I thought it was kind of funny because for me, Michelle is, she's just the consummate storyteller. She loves telling stories. And me, I'm more like, okay, we need to get to the bottom line. We need to get to the spiritual <laughs> point of this, you know, of this devotional. So it was kind of fun how we um, worked together on that. And we both, um, I think, were able to help each other to, to bring out the strengths, you know. And it, but, it, but it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's not like it's a surprise because my wife and I, 
we do absolutely everything differently. I mean, I cook a meal differently. I read a book differently. I drive differently. And it, it's hilarious how different we are. And, and that's kind of how it was when Michelle and I were writing the books. We just come at things from a completely different approach, and yet it works. Well, and I can guarantee that that's going to help the listen, or the readers as they're reading it be able to relate because they're going to be like one of you, maybe more than the other. And so you've you've covered more of the audience that way. So first, I want to give a shout out to Michelle. I just appreciate the fact that she was, um, you know, having to be down and out, not feeling good today. So I'm hoping she's listening. Was there any funny stories we could tell about her that she can't defend herself? (laughs) She's not here to defend herself. Is there anything we could say that she can't possibly refute? One of the things that was very important is that we edited each other's writing. And there's a fantastic chapter about um, about a uh, trying to make sure whether or not there are charges, you know, um, and, and yeah, you see, I'm the tool guy, obviously. I don't even, I don't know my tools that well because I love the idea of doing projects around the house. I'm just not super good at doing projects <laughs> around the house. Um, but there's a chapter on the non-contact voltage tester. And so the chapter starts out about sparks shot across the room. And for some reason, Michelle said sharks shot across the room and she didn't catch it. She did didn't catch it, and I'm the one who finally caught it, and I have teased her about that so many times that I would have loved to see that you know how they would have you know done the image on that, the picture on that art, but it was just it's just funny, and so we catch each other, you know little mistakes because when you write, do your own writing, you cannot possibly catch everything, so you always need someone there to come alongside you and to help you yes so let's let's dig into this a little bit to explain to our listeners how the books are actually set up. Because I love the concept. I'm going to ask you a question, but I really related to this because my father made me a jewelry box. So I have a very special jewelry box that um, doesn't always have the most special things inside of it, much like you talk about in the book. You know, sometimes we would put keepsakes in there that are of no value to anybody else, but they're where I know it's going to be safe and sound. So talk about how you guys use the, the idea of the toolbox and the jewelry box to come up with the analogy that they learn from. Absolutely. You know, and that and that is a key part of it, because sometimes when you think of jewelry box, you think of, you know, these are priceless heirloom jewels or something. <laughs> and a lot of the most valuable things are things like the love letters. I'm sure that... Yeah that were, you know, written to you during your courting phase and, and just special things um, like little items that your, your children or, you know, someone that you loved had made for you, even though it might not be perfect. And, and even something like that reminds us that we're valued to God, whether or not we're perfect, whether or not we look perfect when we look in the mirror, we have value because God made us. And and so that is how we decided on the items that were in the jewelry box. So we have things like diamonds and pearls and stuff, but we also have a pet collar or a passport. Mm-hmm. And those are little reminders of special things, special times in your life. And and it's just it was just so much fun coming up with the things because we realized we could have come up with two or three books for all the different ideas we had and different ideas that people shared with us. Right. And so let's let's go to one of those items. So in the jewelry box, there is a, I don't even know whether you wrote this one or not, but on the charm bracelet, can you kind of speak to that and help our listeners to understand what they would encounter? Absolutely. Uh, the charm bracelet, it was funny. Uh, you two, uh, h- however you pick the, the stories, one yeah. happened to have been Michelle's and one happened to have been oh. mine from both of the books. So, oh, awesome. 
actually, I did write the charm bracelet uh, chapter, and the idea, um, you know, just for the setup, uh, each chapter we give a short definition, you know, about the item. And so for the charm bracelet, we just talk about those, the items that are on the bracelet are like little miniature snapshots. And mm-hmm. each one of them is a memory. It's something that makes you think about something that um, you experienced, uh, and hopefully for good, but sometimes just something you may have learned from. Uh, and then we have a little quote, and then there's also just a little devotional section. And this one, I, I just I was inspired personally because um, it made me think about our sixth sixth child um, who was a preemie and how mm. how traumatic that was, and how um, God lets things happen in our life um, for reasons, and sometimes they're they're hard reasons and they're hard things to deal with, and so. The, the idea of the charm bracelet is that for each of those memories, there's a memento. There's something special that God has given us and taught us. Mm-hmm. And that is how we tie that into the idea of the charm bracelet. And so we just are kind of encouraging people, you know, count those charms, count those blessings that God has given you as you have that charm bracelet on your wrist. We're talking today with John Paradin about his book that he wrote alongside author Michelle Cox. They wrote two books. Two books. They did. They wrote two books. Right. You're a great editor. God Glimpses from the Toolbox, Living as Men of Character and Strength, and God Glimpses from the Jewelry Box, Becoming Jewels God Can Use. These are really neat devotional books. All right. I want to ask you about the instruction manual one from God Glimpses from the Toolbox. Did you write that one? You know, you guys did a great job, and you should know that, of course, I didn't write that. Michelle would be the one who would write about <laughs> Absolutely, because, okay, but that one was, hol- I was laughing. I mean, okay, so you use this example of a bunch of guys get together, they're going to have a barbecue, yep. and one of the guys gets a brand new grill, only it's still in the box, and so all the guys are like in a hurry to get hungry, they're dreaming about burgers and steaks, and so they start putting the grill together, and they get it all together, and it doesn't work. Well, they had some extra parts, and one guy pulls out the instruction manual and says, hey, I think I figured out the problem. <laughs> and, 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 they, and we have to take it almost all the way apart and start over again in order for it to work. How, what a great example of uh, the Bible, of, of so many of us will get into trouble and we and then we'll say, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And he, he's like, read the book. Don't wait for the movie. Read the book. I mean, I, I loved that one. Yeah, you and can that, relate. And that, that is exactly the point. That is, I mean, that we you you make people realize we have that instruction manual. We have it at our fingertips. We have it in so many forms. It is so accessible these days. And do we take the time to open it? Do we take the time to learn from it and listen to to the wisdom that's there? And yeah, that is one of my favorite chapters. It just cracked me up though that that was the one that you picked. And I thought, oh, that Michelle, you know, Michelle wrote that, and I, I know she was thinking of. <laughs> Some special men in her life when she wrote that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there isn't a man listening to this show today who hasn't tried to build something without reading the instruction manual. There's not a woman listening today who hasn't go, just read the manual. Read the manual. Don't be stupid. Is they, that what we sound like when you hear it? Yes. That is what I know. That's what that's you not, hear in your head. Like, Honey, it be might careful. be less frustrating if you yeah. read the manual. I know I'm changing my tone. It might be less stressful. <laughs> what about the handsaw? Did you write the handsaw one? Um, I think I did do that one. Yeah. I, think, yep. I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but I read I read that one right before the show, and that one was moving. 
I love that because you're talking about a, a, a father gives his son like a tool belt of fake tools, but later yep. on he gives his son a handsaw. And the whole idea with a handsaw is with your one hand you got to hold whatever wood you're doing, and the other hand you're sawing. But when you don't have much strength, you can't really do it. And the father comes alongside and and says, "Hey, let me put my hands on top of your hands." And share my strength with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tie that, tie that one up for me really quick. Yeah, yeah, that one. Just the idea that we can't do it alone. We absolutely can't. We need to rely on um, those in our lives who have the maturity and the strength to teach us and to help us to hold us in place and keep us close to God. So that that yeah, that was one of my favorites. I, I love that image. And I have four little boys of my own, or now some of them are pretty big boys, and <laughs> it's been fun trying to help them. And, and I actually usually learn more from them. Um, than they do for me. Absolutely. All right, John, how do people get copies of this? Because after the show, they don't get to get them free anymore. How can people get copies of this book? Well, it's pretty easy. Just go to Amazon and type in God Glimpses. And it, they'll they'll come up and just type in God glimpses from the jewelry box or God glimpses from the toolbox. Um, it's also available on CBD Christian Book Distributors and Barnes and Noble. So they're all online sources. Or you can just type in GodGlimpses.com, and that's kind of a little uh, landing page that the publisher set up so that it just will take you to whichever site is your preferred um, purchasing option. So GodGlimpses.com. Yeah. And we just want to say thank you to Broad Street, your publisher, for sending us copies of the book to give away to our listeners Yeah, they're today. awesome to deal with, absolutely. But these books really are, these devotionals are phenomenal. I want to hit one more, but first we want to talk about who, who are these books for? Who who would be the perfect audience? You know, the perfect audience is, is really anyone who just wants to dig a little bit deeper into their spiritual um, their spiritual side or, or questions they have about what does God um, have for them? How much do they mean to God? And, and that's why we wrote these. Um, we found actually that the women love reading the toolbox book as much as the men love mm-hmm. reading the jewelry box book because it kind of gives you a little click in and an insight into what the other side is thinking, to put it, to put it yeah, nicely. Most definitely. And, you know, I just had a thought because I was in Christian retail for years and I struggled to find good devotional books for um, couples that were maybe dating. And these aren't necessarily all topical to marriage. Um, so they really relate to the gender or the person. And so that might even be kind of fun to have that conversation to learn more a little bit about each other. And the imagery really helps. The imagery is powerful because it's, it's tangible. Like everybody knows what a handsaw looks like. They may not know what to do with it when they get it in their hand. (laughs) Everybody knows what a level looks like. Everybody knows what a grill looks like. I mean, those are, everybody knows what an instruction manual looks like from the outside. Some men don't know what they look like from the inside. Martha, you wanted to hit one from the God Glimpses from the Jewelry Box. Well, yeah, we just have a couple minutes left. And um, the the family keepsake, we alluded to that a little bit at the beginning, just the fact that um, that is something that is often found in a jewelry box. And how can people learn a great spiritual lesson from that? You know, this is the idea that the value is in who gave you the gift, not what the gift is. And, and, and for Michelle, this was one of her chapters, and she has a, just a beautiful story about finding her, her dad's uh, little leather notebook. And it has stories about him being a sailor during World War II. And 
him marking off the days until he could return home to his family. And she just said it just made her cry just to mm-hmm. think about this lonely young man away from home for the first time. And and so when she found that, she felt like she'd found, you know, a pearl necklace or something uh, that had incredible value because it, it was something that someone she loved had touched, someone she loved had written in. And so that's the idea of the keepsake. Um, it could be a pocket watch. It could just be anything that somebody you care about um, had and gave to you. Right. Right. Fabulous. I know I was just thinking through, it makes me think about things that I have. And I have some, um, a very inexpensive necklace of my grandmother's, but it was very special because I've seen a picture with her wearing it. Mm. You know, it just makes it that much more meaningful that it was something she, um, she did enjoy. And now I have. These books, John, and make sure Michelle hears it from us. These are really, really good books. They're great devotionals. We're so grateful to give them away to people. Uh, fantastic. God glimpses from the toolbox. God glimpses from the jewelry box. John Paradin and Michelle Cox. John, thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Oh, you're welcome, and have a happy Valentine's Day, boy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You as well. Okay, God as, bless. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, you know, that was fun. Too bad it was just half a show. It felt, it felt like there was a whole bunch of those we could have highlighted, but that was fun, right? But that's what I love about it is that people will then be intrigued so to pick it up for themselves. And baby, happy Valentine's Day. I think this is like the 34th, let's say 34th. Like the 34th Valentine's Day we celebrated together. Happy Valentine's Day. That's awesome. You're the best Valentine ever. What does that mean? I'm not sure, but you're the best. That's all (laughs) I got to say. Well, thanks for listening to I Work For Him today together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha. Thanks for tuning in. We do hope that you have a great time expressing love to those around you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. We figured out our workplace. It's our mission field. But ultimately, I I Work work For him. Him.